case, we are getting set for another great court of guys. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We are live on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, all of that jazz. So my name again is Kevin Hill, Andrew Cox over here in the co-host seat, and our special guest today, Ryan Schreiber from Carrier Direct. Thanks for having me. You bet. I got to make the joke now. Okay. So when we rescheduled, I slacked one of our teammates to say, hey, we're getting rescheduled. Great timing, guys. They're great timing, guys. Yes, <laughs> so great definitely. timing, guys. We're a little bit late, but... Oh, that, that's okay. That's okay. Still a, a great hour of content laying ahead. Yeah, hopefully I can still qualify for detention. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. you can. I, missed, I, did, did I, I you was early, it? but I was waiting. No? Yeah. I got, I, got, I got signed in on time. Are you, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I got you, signed in on time, but you guys were backed up, and so... Yeah, I usually make make people notarize. Yeah, they're, they're there was no there was no there was no place to park, so I had to circle the block. <laughs> but I still was able to, I was still able to get in, checked in on time. Not just the guard shack, but but, but I, I got to the window. To the window, I got to the well, window. That's good. You yeah. always have to get to the window. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so we have Ryan Schreiber here from Carrier Direct this week. We're going to talk a little bit about earnings, and then we're going to talk about technology and trucking, and, and kind of what the future holds. Uh, and, and basically, it will feed into kind of the, the earnings season and, yeah. and what we expect going forward. And then we're going to always talk about the DHL Supply Chain Pricing Power Index. We'll do our long, short segment on some some fun segments there. That's right. And uh, yeah, we'll probably talk a little bit about broker comp, too, as we, we talk about tech. So that, that's always good. These are all great conversation points. They really are. Who doesn't like to talk about all three of those things? Though? I, I know. Money, technology, and fun. That seems pretty good. Yeah. It is. It's a great combination. So let's kick it off. Let's talk about earnings season. It really got started a week ago Friday with J.B. Hunt. And then last week we had Heartland and Martin and Covenant and a couple other. CSX. There's a couple rails. Yes, a couple uh, rails. Yep. Yeah. So let's look at Heartland first. Refrigerated uh, carrier based in the Midwest. How did, how did it turn out? Uh, fourth quarter was okay. Uh, I think they were they were pulled back a little bit by an acquisition they made of Millis Transport uh, back early uh, Q1, Q2, uh, and they've kind of had a track record here of of acquiring companies with a high OR, not a, not relatively high, but you know high in the mid to low 90s. High relative to Heartland. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, high relative to them. Uh, you know, because they've they've constantly kept an industry leading OR uh, for decades. They've never had an OR above 90. This quarter was no different. Uh, so they, they acquired Millis Transfer, Transport with an OR over 90, but they were able to bring uh, OR down under 90, uh, even though in Q2 and Q3 they had it above 90, but never had a yearly over 90. Uh, strong top line growth with the acquisitions, uh, 14% nearly, uh, but earnings per share was down 40% uh, year over year in, in uh, Q4. You know, it's a challenging market for, for everybody in, in 2019, especially after the, the strong 2018, the comps are bad. Uh, certainly EPS, you know, ORs, uh, profitability is, is, you know, it's expected to take a hit for all truckload carriers. And that's what we're kind of seeing uh, across the board. Right, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, the, the difference between like asset and non-asset, non-asset or asset, you have all these fixed costs. And so, you know, the variability of the market, non-assets all about how fast you move. And so, you know, you really see, you know, obviously you really mm -hmm. see that with this, with this acquisition and with, or excuse me, with this, these earnings and all of the asset-based earnings. One thing that helps Heartland, though, with uh, you know being an asset-based carrier is they really don't, they rarely carry debt. Uh, only three, three, um, three years that they ended uh, with debt in the last 15. So they're, they're you know, generally debt-free company, uh, which helps them to be 
you know, I guess, you know, I guess we can talk about a little bit of the pros and cons there of being a debt-free carrier. Uh, Kevin, I don't, you know, I know, I don't know if you've ever worked, uh, you know, worked around any debt-free carriers are pretty rare, but uh, you got any insights, pros and cons of being a debt-free truckload carrier? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> most truckload carriers take on some debt, you know, mostly it's manageable debt. But when you get down to debt, you know, so sometimes you can really leverage yourself up a little bit too much. Uh, and, and certainly the downturns or a little bit hurt a little bit more yeah, than, than the upturns. Uh, and, and a lot of that is just excess debt over basically capital improvements and, and CapEx. Although like this part of the market, the, the, the more leveraged you are, the, the, the more upside you have. You know, uh, 2019, the, the lower, you know, the, the more downside you had. But right now we, we see an inflection point coming at some point, probably mid-2020. And, you know, the over-leveraged truckload players out there have room to run. I, I love gambling. You know, so I mean, you're betting on the come depending on how leveraged you are. You are. You know, and, the, and the thing about trucking is the, the, the troughs are always much longer than the peaks. I mean, the mm-hmm. peaks are really, really high when they come. And the troughs can be, can be pretty low when they get there. But, but normally you're in this, like, kind of middling market. I mean, the, the line between excess capacity you know, slack capacity and, 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 and over uh, and under capacity is, is pretty thin. So it really is. it's, it's these big swings and the troughs end up just kind of sticking around a little bit longer. It takes too long for the, yeah, just a really minor move between supply and demand yeah, and absolutely. trucking has outsized, outsized results all the time. Yeah. And, and, and so that's, you know, that, that's the risk, obviously, right? You're betting on the common, you're betting that that next, that next peak is going to carry you through is going to kind of take away. And last year, obviously a lot of people lost that debt. It was what? 350, trucking bankruptcies or oh, so yeah, quite oh more. yeah more than that yeah. yeah yeah that was in the first uh first half at least yeah so uh you know you, you saw that you're going to be wrong mm-hmm. you didn't make yeah. the right long-term investments so what about martin oh yeah we can move on to martin uh so martin the uh, you know kind of a similar story to jb they're they're uh they're dedicated was a really bright spot for them uh also carried them through to you know not a terrible quarter um they did have a, a pretty poor quarter when it comes to truckload. Their operating income uh, year over year was down nearly 4%, um, but they had a really strong dedicated and brokerage uh, quarter. So, you know, it kind of kept them afloat uh, through the earnings. Yeah, you, you see that. I, basically, everyone that's reported so far, and C.H. Robinson's coming out tonight after mm-hmm. after market, so here in a couple hours, so they'll be reporting. And you, you're seeing, you know, the, 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 the peak holiday season, uh, Q4, but December specifically between right. Thanksgiving and Christmas was was a tight market. We mm-hmm. saw that with our sonar data, and you probably saw that from some of your your brokerage clients. Yeah, absolutely. We were hearing it was well. tight. Yeah, yeah. Any any stories about that? We were obviously peak this year was not what people expected it to be, or, or you know what it had been traditionally, and certainly as com, as with 2018 as a comp year over year, it was not competitive. Uh, but but capacity definitely had tightened. I mean, whether that was whether that was drivers saying, hey, we're going to park the truck because let's take an extended holiday. I'm not going to make that much money anyway or what have you. But it seems anecdotally, and certainly Sonar Data is going to tell a much better story than anecdotally what, what we're hearing, but that that has com- kind of carried into Q1. This Q1 is better than expected. It has. The first couple of weeks of January has been better than what we expected as well. Yep. It's slowing down a little bit, but you know that's what you expect yeah, uh, going through the doldrums uh, of January where... There's uh there's not a lot of freight. It's just it's the worst quarter in, in trucking and transportation. There's no way to to uh, get it out of that. But as far as January from last January, 
Uh, there's been tightness in capacity, but we've been hearing anecdotally that the, the rates really haven't caught up yet. What I like about uh, what I like about from 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 Martin is is their customer concentration. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. less than you know, no shipper makes up more than two percent of their volume. I mean, that that helps you. You know, uh, obviously, industry specific uh, trends are important in there, or segmentation is important in there. That definitely helps you ride that wave. Right. Uh, yeah, it gives you much does. more stability uh, in price. Allows you a little bit more power in negotiations. I'll be yeah. interested to hear what CH. Rob- so to, to to your CH Robinson yeah. point coming out tonight, I'll be interested to hear what they say. You know, they always talk about how humans are the biggest risk factor mm-hmm. in their, uh, you know, in their 10Ks and in scaling up and down to meet demand. Their the, the human piece of it. Announcing these investments in technology, I'll be really interested to see whether they lean in on that to sell that more to the market. Uh, maybe they come off of that and talk about. Uh, the benefits they've seen from relaunching freight quote and those kind of things. So what the numbers are are less interesting to me. What will be really interesting to me is what C.H. Robinson has to say tonight. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting narrative because they have been out on the, the PR front. Yep. Right. With freight quote uh, a couple of months ago. And then, um, you know, their CEO, Bob Beastfield, called in and did a, a wonderful interview on what the truck that, that you can find on FreightWaves.com. And it really, it's, it's about having that incubator really uh packaging and branding that that billion dollar investment over the next five years and we will get into to a little bit more of technology and transportation here in a second sure uh anyway uh which is very i mean it's just really interesting we're, we're kind of at, at that dawn of a new age and and going through kind of the learning learn you know kind of the learning pains right now yeah right um what about Anything else on the, on the uh, earnings just, front? You know, just to just a, you know, the ones coming up. Uh, C.H. Robinson and uh, Canadian um, Canadian National are coming out after market today. Um, Knight Swift and Snyder tomorrow. So the, the big boy carriers will be out tomorrow before uh, the market. Just, you know, be on the lookout for FreightWaves coverage of those. I'm sure we'll have articles out all week uh, about their earnings. So keep uh, stay tuned. Yeah. And I, I saw where Pam Transport, we broke the news uh, this morning. Pam Transport bought Celadon's uh, Laredo facility. Which I uh, makes a lot of sense. Didn't Pam was didn't Pam recently announce they're getting out of Mexico? No, that, that was, was uh, U.S. Express and Covenant. Yeah, right. Uh, right. We're getting out of uh, getting out of Mexico. Pam is really all in on Mexico. Yeah, I mean, they I mean, do a lot of auto auto manufacturing, auto plants, and um, they haven't reported their earnings yet. It should be a, a bit better than the third quarter because there was no GM strike. There was in the third quarter, uh, but it'll be really interesting to see what they guide or and kind of explore on their narr- narrative on on the new purchase from the, yeah. the Celadon Terminal down in off probably off Mines Road in Laredo, Texas. Yeah, that definitely will be interesting. I mean, it it seems like south of the border is pretty open playing field for them right now with a, with Celadon out with Covenant and and Express uh, US Express leaving the leaving the Mexico market like Yeah, because Celadon is a huge player. Oh, yeah. Both both in auto parts and Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and Mexico. Pam so, definitely stands to benefit more than anybody else yeah. from that for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll probably be uh, giving some great insights uh in, in their PR release or, or their conference call whenever that, that comes around this season. Yeah, they'll probably get a great quarter guys. Oh, they probably will. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they'll, they'll, get, they'll, they'll get a couple great of quarter guys. Yeah. A great quarter guys. Very good. All right, so we want to. You want to jump into the meat of this uh, this conversation here? Yeah, let's let's, let's talk about tech. Uh, you want to talk about broker compensation a little bit? Right, no, let's, let's do that afterwards. So let's trucking and technology uh, is something that that carrier direct specializes in. Yeah, we live right we at want, the intersection, right there, right, right there, and we want you to come on and explain to us what's going on 
in, in in technology as it relates to, to trucking and brokerage and and just the, the entire transportation logistics industry. You know, you you uh, were trending in your comment right before we we threw it back. Uh, you were trending in in your statements around sort of their investment, their billion dollars. An interesting question is where is that spent? You know, Hunt's five hundred million dollar investment into into three sixty. A lot of that was just killing the mainframe. You know, they're spending a lot of money killing the mainframe, and they're obviously also spending money building the future tech. But there's a get up to par spend in there. It'll be it's, it's sort of if you can pull back the curtain and see what the Wizard of Oz looks like. It'll be it's interesting to to know what what Robinson might be spending there just to kind of replatform and 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 get up to sort of you know um, what today is a, a maybe more usable platform to be able to build on top of. What do you think it was Robinson or or any other large brokerage out there or even small brokerage out there? What's the number one technology investment they they, they should make in, in trucking companies as well? Let's not leave the, the, the carriers out. What's the number uh, one investment? What's that? the number one investment that 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 companies in transportation logistics should be spending right now today? What's the number one project that they should tackle? Uh, so I'm going to give you a very consultant slash lawyer answer. It depends. I mean, for every, and you're both. So for, yeah, and, and I'm both. Good. So that it's it's core to me. Uh, it all. The the biggest misconception that we come up against constantly when talking to our clients and, and whomever else we might be talking to is that is that technology is some sort of you know magic elixir that's going to solve every problem. It's not. I mean, it, ha- it so it start it starts with your business goals. It starts with and it starts with what problems you're going you're trying to solve, and those start with the C level employees. Um, and so. Uh, the biggest investment that people can make in technology or, or the most important thing to focus on with technology is right there. And then the second piece is is got to be, from a mentality standpoint, stop thinking about TMS selection. Stop thinking about TMS as the center of your technology strategy. Um, if I can kill the term TMS, just period, like I will have lived a good life. So um, the the biggest investment that people can make in technology is developing a technology strategy. And that doesn't necessarily mean build. That doesn't necessarily mean buy. Really, the first step before you spend any money on software, build or buy, is is a strategy that's going to carry you three or five years down the road. And what does that strategy like in concrete terms? What was the number one different for everyone? Part of, of your strategy. I, I, it probably is different from for everyone, but there's got to be some kind of common theme. Oh, like from our clients, what's a common theme is, is definitely, so a, a, a common theme that we're definitely seeing is, is how do we, uh, is, is getting away from these monolithic applications that are the legacy TMSs. And whether that's, you used to be on an AS400 that you custom built, whether it's you bought one of these off the shelf providers, um, the architecture of those are really blockers to innovation. And particularly if you bought something off the shelf, because they're, they're gatekeepers to what you can actually do with your with your software with your platform. So, um, really, the investment in I'm going to kill the term TMS right here and now with you guys. Uh, TMS at its core is really about load execution, and so starting starting around load execution that that workflow is is pretty simple and pretty basic and pretty pretty dissimilar or pretty similar across the industry. So, starting with uh, investment in load execution and looking toward what are the other sort of uh, micro microservices that you want to plug into. That might be a really heady answer. It is a really heady answer. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. So um, what are small so, investments so, that people can? So I, yeah, I, what, 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 what are the building blocks? Yeah, absolutely. So, so there really are two ways to look at it. There's build the future, 
which is which is the convoy, the Uber, the Hunt, 360. Um, those are really build the future. And then there's be enabled. And so what are the business problems that you're trying to solve and what's out there in the universe that you can plug into and make better? So Sonar, this, yeah. you know, I'm not paid to make a plug for Sonar, right. but but how can I... It's always good though. How can I consume Sonar and how can I make it actionable for my people? How can I get it in front of them in a way that allows them to make better data-driven decisions on a day-by-day basis? I said earlier, I said earlier, brokerage is a speed game. So like the quicker that I realize the market is moving either toward me or away from me, from a capacity perspective, I'm gonna, I need to make better data-driven decisions. That's how I make money. From a trucking perspective, it's very similar. Like, if I'm, am I going to make a take decision on this order tender um, are good examples. Uh, so, so looking, at, looking for microservices that you, can, that you can plug into that can get you the efficiency. Again, starts with your business goals, but gets you those, those minor improvements in efficiency. You have to support those with training. You have to support those with better process in and out of those technology decisions. Um, but that, those, that's really what it looks like, is people making these investments in, uh, in identifying the right microservices. Very good. And if you have any questions out there, especially on LinkedIn, we have LinkedIn pulled up right now. Any question whatsoever, we will be glad to, to answer it. Uh, I'm sure there, there, is, there, there are technology questions out looks there, like especially a for uh, transportation. That's always good. Yeah. Yeah. That's always good. Oh uh, yeah, so I just want to. I guess you know we we have the conversation built uh, for the next few minutes after this to talk about this Uber partnership with Land of the Lakes. But before we get there, I wanted to touch on a little bit of something you just said about Uber. You, you used the words to get up to par, and it seems to me that Uber's trying to get up to par by built, by opening up this Chicago office with space for six hundred brokers. Do you think that yeah. their get up to par is also to to take a little bit of the knowledge from from a traditional brokerage? It's I mean, kinda, they're kind of going to fuse together at one point. Yeah. There's a human component in technology. I mean, and and there will be for a long time. It's 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 technology is to enable the 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 users inside the machine, and so absolutely, like I mean, Uber Uber's play in Chicago is access to talent that will help them get up to par from the human side of the business. Um, you know, from an architecture perspective, from a technology development perspective, I mean, Uber knows how to build software. They they they, oh, yeah. they don't need Chicago to build software. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely about how do we get. How do we get more humans to like run this machine? And then eventually, hypothetically, hopefully, allow those humans to do 5, 10, 15x what they can do today. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's certainly a human side to, to enterprise sales, too. And I, I think that's where, I, I think that's where the, the, the new tech-enabled brokerages and the legacy brokers will start looking like one another, right? So because basically, you, you can't automate enterprise sales. You can't service an account, a large account, without salespeople. You can't bring it in the door without salespeople. I don't think you can bring it in the door without it. I think you know, you know, I I know from being a broker that the exception is the rule. There's Absolutely. always exceptions. Well, and there's there's a lot of things you can automate with that, and it should be automated. But I, I think enterprise sales and being able to to uh, to handle large enterprise accounts. Sure. Is, is is something that is, is going to be hard to to do away with. The exception is absolutely the rule um, in in trucking. I think that's the um, like we should all have to get that tattooed on our like foreheads when we when we start it in, in trucking. Um, I get asked the question often from uh, from our our both our asset and non asset customers who are in more niche markets, so produce or um, or open deck or heavy haul. Hey hey, like, do you think Uber is going to come into our space or do you think Convoy is going to come into our space? 
And my answer is invariably yes. They're starting with the easy part. Uh, we were talking about this before we came in here, right? It's it's it, right now they're trying to tell a story or they're, they're telling a story publicly of how successful they've been, but they've been very selective. Uber started in Texas. Why'd they start in Texas? More roads, right? Than it, like mm-hmm. by, highway miles than any other state, more intrastate carriers, oh, yeah. right? And yeah. so that obviously trends smaller, et cetera. I mean, they, they were very intentional about that selection to prove out the model. They're going to keep working down market automating where they can. I agree with you that today and in the next three-ish to five years, Uber, Uber obviously, no one will be able to automate um, even to the, to the 80%, if you will. Um, but uh, I certainly think that, I certainly think that there are, there are many opportunities to automate that is hard for us to wrap our heads around because it's a data problem, because it's a multivariable problem. And you need people who are a lot smarter than me, data scientists and, and those kind of things to really identify those opportunities. And I think, um, I mean, I'm not all in on Uber. I'm I, like, uh, uh, certainly, uh, I don't think apps are going to solve the problem. We talked a little bit about, uh, we could talk a little bit about long tail capacity and how much that ap- actually represents and some of those problems Uber is going to need to solve. Uh, but I certainly think there are opportunities to service, a, service an enterprise account more automated. Yeah, and, and basically automating Automating the processes of a brokerage or even a trucking company doesn't necessarily entail an app. No. Right. Right. And there's a lot of good way to start. Yeah. 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 A lot of it is back end. Yeah. I think it's a good way to attack it. It's like with that Land of the Lakes um, partnership, it's, it's, a, it's a second co cooperative partnership they've had with big farming cooperatives mm-hmm. like, like uh, Ocean Spray up in the Northeast. But they, you know, they've focused on like it's almost dedicated. It is dedicated uh, freight. You know, it's yep. from point A to point B. We're going to run this 15 times a week. We need uh, drivers that can pick it up. So it's easy enough for them to pick up an app. I'm in Nogajoshis or whatever the Texas city Nacogdoches. is. Nacogdoches. Nacogdoches, man. Headed to, Fort, headed to Fort Worth. You know, it's a, it's a there and back type of deal. I think, you know, yes, that's the low-hanging fruit, whether they're able to. I mean, yeah, eventually they'll be able to make it better and do these things on a more And, and Texas is, is the best place to do it because you do have more interstate. Yeah. You can run 800 miles and, and be interstate where not, not too many states you can, you can run yeah. really long hauls. Right. Without uh, leaving the, the the state borders, more highways. You have what we were talking about just a second ago. You have Laredo, Texas, right? Because yeah. that Laredo freight comes up and it goes to Dallas, Houston, uh, West Texas to the oil fields. Uh, you have a, a micro economy yeah. that is an international, basically a micro. Uh, it's, a, it's a state with an international economy. Yeah, it, it, it's an example. You know, the, the interesting, the more interesting question is why has Uber had success in Texas? Uh, when these smaller carriers also have access to Dadnex, will have access to Truck Stop, right? Because it's it's not a it's not even just a matter of like post your freight and they have visibility into it. Um, it it's a perfect example of remove friction, right? Yeah. Like, and so our customer to to go back to the question you asked earlier, like where are the investments happening? The investments are happening in how do I remove friction to increase my outcomes? And so there Dad and Truck Stop are going to give Land Lakes this. You know, they could have partnered with Dad or Truck Stop to post their freight out to to those load boards. The carrier still had to call a broker, had to get somebody on the phone, had to negotiate them with them, you know, and 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 it kind of depends on what the guy had for breakfast. And, and, and Truck, stop, and get truck stop just came out with Book It Now. Yep. So they're in the, the beginning. I, I think they're out of beta now. I they think are. they're actually offering that out um, to the public. And and basically, how do you see that wrapping into the competition? Yep. With that's a, that's an example of being enabled, as I was talking about it a minute yeah. ago, right? So like. That's going to enable or does enable these legacy brokers to keep up, 
right? And or and, and to stay around and to figure out what their uh, like what their product market fit is to use a Silicon Valley term. Yeah, and and I, I think those enabled tools that, that Truckstall up and and other uh, you know Parade has has something yep. and and there's a couple of other yep. uh, vendors out there that that do that. I, I think that's where the the VC money I think is going to go in the future instead of the the kind of the convoy or Uber build it from scratch. Uh, freight brokers, I think it's more tools to enable the, the small. Yeah, that, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, I, I think uh, that's where the money's going to go. I think that's where the the, the market is most interesting. Well, I mean, right like n- name name VC money that's gone to uh, build everything from the ground. Convoy, Uber, Next, uh, Load Smart, uh, Transfix, Transfix. Yeah, and, and I think those those companies so are the five. mature phase that they're not going to raise. We can name a bunch. Like you know, on the other hand, is these be enabled. Mm-hmm. We could, I mean, we can name a ton more. Oh yeah, you know, parade, ship well, ship well. Uh, as another good example. Yeah. I mean, we Cargo could, chief is another one. Trucker tools, uh, trucker tools. Yeah, so we could go. I mean, there's 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 probably two or three X just off the top oh, of yeah. my head we could name there. Yeah, it, again, it goes it goes back to, you know, the the biggest the biggest challenge we have to make around technology is that it's not a mill. So book it now or, uh, or any of these other tools. I'm super bullish on book it now. I'm super bullish on on parade. Um, I like things that are appless. Um, you got to train people on how to use them. You've got to comp them correctly, right? You've got to have the right processes in place. It's yeah. not it's not as simple as flip a switch and and get the results you need. So even even though you can be enabled, mm-hmm. like you actually have to enable people. You, you know? do, yeah. And so like the the human element, it always just keeps coming back to the human element. Yeah. So yeah. And emerge is another one. Emerge, yeah. yeah. Uh, emerge. Who's uh basically they're, they're sponsoring our our twenty twenty forecast. That we're having a live event on Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be live streamed. You just work this back. You know, I do. You know, you got to plug. You got to plug everything. Who are you right? here for? Are you here for me or are you here I, for I'm merch? For, for everyone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So basically, we're doing a 2020 forecast yeah. that the Freight Intel Group and the Passport Research Group did. We'll plug Passport Research as well, which is an outstanding, great product that Freight Waves has out. Now it's tied in with event tickets. Yes. Yeah, definitely yeah. event tickets and, and passport research, freight intel research that Andrew and I do. And it's all there, freightwaves.com slash passport. It's kind of like your, it's so my like plugs your are in, right? Your, buy, your way to buy into like airline status. It is. With Freightwaves. Oh, it right? is. Yeah. So, so basically, you just are you getting a special, do you get a special badge at? At you do, like yes. Freightwaves Live? Yeah, I think yeah you do. Yeah. There. Oh, you yeah. do. So, so basically, it's discounted. Great Waves live tickets. It is uh, research on top of that. Yeah, looking at Private 150, passport. Uh, 150 research projects per year from the Passport team. Yeah, plus, yeah. you know, we have our plus. own Slack community. That's all. Yeah, that I, has access to, to all of us. The research you guys do is, is I mean, you. your team, JP's team Thank now, yeah. is is really it's really invaluable stuff. Yeah, which which brings me to the the next kind of plug and is and let's talk broker comp. Okay. Right, so so we did a, a big survey on that. Uh, found out kind of what the the average comp is, and it's right around forty thousand dollars for an entry level freight broker carrier sales. I, I kind of lumped those two buckets together. You know, if you're entry level, whether you're a freight broker or carrier sales, you're doing the same job, right? Mm-hmm. You're basically calling carriers. Yeah, you know, until you get your your feet under. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So you do a lot of comp, freight broker comp. Yep transportation comp in general uh what are you seeing out there 
the thing I thought was most interesting of your on your report, we get this question a lot is like, do I have to be in Chicago? Do I have to be in Chattanooga? Mm-hmm. You know, where where can I be? Um, I thought it was really interesting that uh, uh, you found that a lot of the like the base comps were geography independent. Yeah, like, like that, that it was pretty standard kind of no matter where you were. I thought that was really interesting. I mean, I know when I started in, in freight at Echo, I mean, I was making 30 grand, yeah. you know, living in Chicago and, and, and a lot of times. That's rough. Yeah. Oh, it was, you're telling <laughs> with $200,000 in law school debt, no, you, yeah, no, right. you're a sales rep at Echo is not, uh, not exactly how I, uh, thought I would be waking up every day. I mean, certainly it's, it served True. me well it going did, forward. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, often our clients say, often our clients think I have to pay more to, we'll go into an organization and we'll look and, and their base comp is way out of whack. And well, I got to pay more cause I got to compete with the guy across the street or I've got to pay more to, to get the talent in the door. And it, and it's a good example of, um, it's a good example of sort of like missing the, missing the point. Like, yes, it's exactly easier to fill right. the seat, but is the point of recruiting to fill the seat or is the point of recruiting to get the right people and, and then motivate them the right way. And, and one of the things is that the, the first brokerage shop I had, I just got an MBA and I was, I was a freight broker. Not not really what yeah, I yeah, expected I know, yeah. uh, either, but I was Hopefully in the you freight. didn't have the debt that I had. I, I didn't have the yeah. debt, which is good, which is good. But, you know, what I found is that the, the pay really didn't matter because, you know, whether it's 35 or 40 or 45, it, it's not really going to change your life. No. But. The variable comp is. The, the variable comp is, plus the tools that you have in place that help your freight brokers or carrier salespeople be successful. Yeah. If you don't have those tools, you can pay whatever you want. You're still going to have high turnover. Well, and uh, uh, you know what? You know what the most important input to that is is training. Yes. Like uh, Echo, when I started, uh, I don't know what they do today necessarily, but when I started at Echo, I mean, we were training for three months. You know, we 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 had a month in the classroom, and, and it was a mix of, you know, it was a mix of of like, hey, here's freight, and it was, and here's here's how to use our tools. And then we spend a, we spend a month just tracking and tracing freight, getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. First of all, getting comfortable hammering the phones. Yes. Getting comfortable talking to trucking companies. Then we spend a month in Hot Pod where we're trying to cover hard freight, and then we hit the floor. Yeah. So, like, whether I'm customer facing sales or carrier facing sales, I know what a truck driver is looking for when they want to load, or a dispatcher is looking for when mm-hmm. they want to load. Um, so, selling to a truck like was you know is an incredibly valuable. You knew what was experience. a good lane, what was a bad lane. Yeah, but I, for sure. I, I, I had like three days of training with someone who never been a freight broker. Uh, it was an HR person. And then I was out and I was, I was getting people to give me freight. I was like, man, this is easy. Yeah, and I tried to sure. cover it and I was like, what oh, in the world, Kevin, this is horrible. I'll never forget the first, <laughs> the first loads. I, I won three loads. So, I mean, I guess I didn't learn exactly when I got into training, but I, but I learned something. You know? First loads on a hit the floor, I won I won three loads from St. Louis to Gainesville, Georgia, if you know where that is. I do know where Gainesville is. And, and it's like, uh, I mean, and, and our carrier sales team at that time was probably 45 people or so. So, like, not small, but, like, they weren't covering this freight. And I spent an entire week to cover three loads. But, like, but I learned how to hammer the phone. Oh, you do, yeah. I learned those. I learned those skills through training. And so, to your point about tools, like, yeah, you need, you know, people need to lo- learn how to use the tools. But like anybody you've ever met from Echo, they know one thing: they know how to get on the phone. I mean, yes. they, they, you know, whether they know freight or don't know freight, they know how to get on the phone and they know how to like effort their way through. And, and that's what, that's something that, that we found in our survey as well yep. is that like what are the attributes or most important mm-hmm. to you? Education was. Dead last. Dead last, right? So whether you have a law degree 
or MBA, who cares? Yeah. Can you get on the phone? It's hustle. Can you hustle? What was the, what is, was the uh, number so one? Was tenacity, it hustle? hustle, and persistence. Yes. That's the number one. Uh, and then you have communication skills. And then third, which a big surprise to me, honestly, was honesty and integrity. Because yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, <laughs> like you have you, to answer that. That was the as a uh, you really do have have honesty and integrity well, it, as know. a broker because that will catch up to you very eventually it'll catch up. All of the best brokers that I've ever met have a story about that, that like ties back to the idea of hustle. I mean, I when oh, I got yeah. a, I got out of law school is two thousand nine. I can't get job interviews. I'm literally pounding the pavement to get job interview. You know, yeah. to get people to talk to me, they wouldn't. And yeah. I got to end up at Echo, and like. I got a lot of debt. I'm making 30 grand living in Chicago. I got to find a way to make it work. And, and every, every of the best people in trucking that I've ever met have a, have the story of how they had to just kind of hustle at some point. Even if it was like, what's your, what was your first job out of school? Uh, Excuse me. What was your first job when you were a kid? Did you ever, did you ever work before you graduated college? Oh, yeah. Or before you graduated high oh, school? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The day I turned 15. Right. Right. I worked in a warehouse when I was 13 years old in Florida that was outside in the summers. I mean, that's why I left Florida because it's just too damn hot from from that experience. So, um, you know, and, and everybody, I mean, that's that's the hustle and the tenacity that really carries you through. In oh, trucking. you do because when it's easy, every, anybody can do anything when it's easy. Oh like, yeah, you, what do you do when it's hard? Yeah, you, you try to uh, cover flatbed load from from Tulsa to Denver at like two dollars and fifty cents a mile. Yeah, the Sunshine State. Uh, yeah, I know, right? And, and with, with a very important client, and you got to go back and, and ask for money because. Uh, no one's going to do it. One of the best. No things. one's going to do it for five dollars, six dollars no. a mile, and you just learn. Yeah, having to give bad news is probably like the number one most important. It is. Thing. Yeah, I, I think that's where honesty comes in. Yeah, because uh, so, uh, very quickly you realize that I, I just have to be truthful. Yes, yes. Your 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 trailer got confiscated by Mexican customs crossing the border. I'm sorry. Um, I'll take my punishment right now. Even though it really wasn't my fault, it's going to scream at me. It's hundred percent not my fault, <laughs> of but course. Like, but like, I mean, I'm the only person on the other end of this phone, so I like, I'm behind the firing squad. Yeah, yeah. Give it yeah. To me. I mean, I wasn't going to give those three loads back to my customer. Well, I know, it right? Killed me. Exactly right, and, and, and it probably almost did. It it did, and <laughs> and and you know, when what happened? You know, uh, one of the biggest things I think I've learned as a professional is that. Uh, like it's it's actually it's okay when you make mistakes. It's it's what and and what you do after that means so much more. It's Tyler Durden. How yeah, much can yeah. you know about yourself? You've never been in a fight. You yeah, know, exactly. And, right. and you yeah. come out of that and you you deal with it the right way with your clients. This is a little bit a field of like great quarter guys. This is more like freight waves insiders. I feel I, like. the, 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 but the, you know, fine. But um, but you know that that's the it really is. that's yeah. the tenacity and the hustle piece. And and so you know the biggest things is how do you reward that behavior that you? Those are the most important things that you want. Yeah. So how do you reward it? And, 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 you know, and, and there's these competing incentives within organizations, right? And so, you know, HR wants to fill the seats. HR's job is to fill the seats, mm-hmm. is to get people, just to get bodies in there. And, and sales and operations job is to make money for the business. And you've got to keep in mind, like, what your goals are and what you're trying to accomplish and how you're driving towards that. And so, you know, the biggest mistake we see is high base, high base, low variable cop. Because, oh man, because then we get the people to sign up. But real hunters... If, yeah. if you have a real hunter in that seat, one of one of three things is going to happen. Number one, you're lucky, mm-hmm. right? Number two, maybe it's only two things. I forgot what the third one is. Number two, <laughs> number two, they're going to be disincentivized to hunt, and and they probably won't. I mean, we see a lot of times when we go in and make oh, some yeah. changes that there are hunters hiding in plain sight. They 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 just they weren't comped correctly. You know, it was just luck that they you know and 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 so you got lucky. They came in the door and they took the job and they just kind of like middled around. 
Because the immutable law of compensation, challenge me on this if you want to, no. immutable law of compensation as far as I see it, everyone will work to their level of income comfort. And it's different yes. for everybody. No, I, I, Yours I is a lot higher than most people. Mine's a lot higher than your, most people. I just met you, so I'm not sure. But <laughs> His is a lot I'm gonna, higher, too. I'm going to speculate yeah. from what I've heard about you. Um, but everybody will work to that level of income comfort. Yeah. And eventually, they'll make a math decision. How much more work do I have to do for the return? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People people make that, that decision every day. Every day. Every now, second of every day. I have a question for you on compensation. And do you see a difference between a, a carrier broker and a, a, a full brokerage? Like, kind of a, like an asset, income. non-asset? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, you're, you, you have a, you have, you know, basically you're a brokerage from a carrier. Yeah. Maybe small, middle, yeah. middle markets uh, or just a, a flat out brokerage. Do we see a difference in, in, in like their, how their comp models are built? Kind of, yeah, yeah. How their compensation well, models? Well, I mean, built. you have to look at sort of customer um, customer segmentation and freight mix. I mean, so if you take a full non asset provider, they're almost always they're almost always more transactional freight, mm-hmm. and asset non asset is almost always more contracted freight, right? And and that's sort of size independent. Yeah. Um, and so yes, I mean there are there are definitely differences because. In that hunter-gatherer, excuse me, hunter-farmer paradigm, mm-hmm. you almost have to add in to the non-asset side of, of a uh, trucking company gatherers who are who are there to execute the freight um, on the trucking side on the on the on the on the non-asset side. So you know, freight will come in, okay. and they'll either you know they'll either have dedicated carriers that quote unquote dedicated carriers or core carriers that they've sourced, or they're 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 running it through the brokerage and they're executing it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest differences, I think, from a comp perspective that we see because you need these kind of gatherers. And you, and you don't want to overpay for, for that like, activity um, of just like taking an order to yeah. and sending so, it. I've seen so, sometimes like the, the, the trucking side, which is asset-based, it's, it's more contract relation, longstanding uh, partnerships that you know, your, your comp's not quite as, as high as on the non-asset side. Yep. You are a hunter, yep. and you're making money out of no assets. Yeah, right. Absolutely, and that is, you know, basically you keep all that margin. The assets give you like, don't get paid quite as you don't. I mean, definitely high because there's some kind of uh, internal some of that struggle mentality. Between that. Yeah, yeah, it's an internal yeah, struggle. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think I said to you before we walked in that a lot of times we're just trying to challenge our clients to stop thinking like trucking companies. Right. And so it's, it's an internal struggle of like the assets do absolutely kind of give you a, an advantage. Um, but uh, like, like how valuable is yeah. that is a real yeah. open question. If you have assets, you're not going to go out and sell things that those assets can't fulfill. But as a broker, you are going to, you don't have yeah. any assets. So you're yeah. going to go sell whatever you can the interest- and figure it out later. A lot of what we're talking about and working on with our larger, um, our larger clients that are asset, non-asset is how to drive this enterprise this enterprise decision making within their organization. So like a load comes in, how do like how do we how do we maximize operating income from any from like the assets and from a load? So here's a great example of that. Load comes in and uh oh, sorry, we have an empty truck. Should it should it be first offered to the brokerage to fill a load for the brokerage? I would argue no. I'd argue that it should go out to the market. This is almost like AWS, yeah, yeah. right? For Amazon, Amazon, they, like they built a product and they're like, we're going to expose it to the market to make sure that we're best in class. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a corollary here. No, I mean, if, if there's a if there's somebody out there paying an over market rate, I'd rather take that load, put it on the truck, and let the and let the brokerage go and find an uh, at market or under market mm-hmm. truck for their load. And we've just now we're maximizing our operating income. That's changing your mentality of of thinking about yourself as a trucking company. 
and like everything's got to feed the trucks and every you know and like the trucks are the core of the apple um maybe we should edit that that one out because it's a relatively specific reference who and they are not a current client of ours but um <laughs> so just to be like like just anyway so you know but but stop thinking about your so so how do you and then how do you build comp around that and so you know the 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 non uh, the non asset side of the asset companies like they part of the reason they don't want to pay these com- these uh, brokers more uh, and I know brokers are a four letter word for for them but yeah. uh, they don't want to pay brokers more is like the, uh, well I, we feel bad about that back at headquarters because the people on the floor down there aren't making as much money but um, yeah sometimes brokers uh, are, are making more than like the CFO and COO of the trucking company. Yeah. Yep. And people that, are real uncomfortable. With I, that. They are, but you know, as a broker, you're just making money out of thin air a little bit. And I, I guess that, that kind of goes, goes back to why broker is a four letter word, yeah. but you, you kind of are, you're just, you're the conduit. You're the sales organization for trucking for small, regardless, small carriers, of, regardless but, of what the role is, like whether it's an enterprise salesperson or a BDR or, you know, or customer service uh, for an asset company or, you know, carrier sales. I always come back to what is the value of that seat level employee? Like, and, and that, that goes to everything, compensation, KPIs, you know, processes and procedures. What's the value of what they're bringing to the table? Is a carrier rep's value just booking a load or is it building this liquidity in your non-asset network? It's building right? liquidity. Right. It, really, right. it is. Right. And so like, and so over time, certainly you need them to be booking more loads, et cetera. But like if you're focused myopically on any one metric or one KPI to, to, to describe what the value of that person is, you're directing them in the wrong in the wrong direction. So, you know, that and that's tricky. It's really and especially when it comes to comp, that's really, really hard. It is. Yeah. How do you you know, you're not going to pay them for phone calls. You're not going to pay them for, lent, care, you know, lanes entered into to freight friend, which is a carrier CRM, like, you know, you're, you're going to pay them for, uh, you need to pay them off of something kind of tangible that goes to the bottom line. And that's what, that's where, that's where comp becomes really tricky. It does. Yeah, it it really does. Well, that was a good, good comp. Yeah. Riveting. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Do you have anything else to add to comp? Uh, I mean, I, I you could go on forever. Yeah, I, I could too. It's just uh, give me a topic. I mean, I can talk well, forever I, I, about anything. I do know. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's good. So, so we've got uh, we've got like ten minutes left. Uh, we've got three topics left, but we can skip one if you want. Uh, you guys rather talk about you want to, you want to talk about coronavirus for a second? You want? To, yeah, for a second. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, so we got passports. Got a project coming out this week on the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, its impact to shipping markets. Uh, let's run down a little bit of the story here. Um, you know, overnight the the number of cases jumped sixty percent. Now it's over forty five hundred. Kind of expecting oh, a, a similar God. jump uh, by tomorrow. Over a hundred deaths in China. Uh, cases have now spread to ten different countries or so. Uh, you know, the only the best the best estimate and best kind of comp we have for this for what was the SARS virus back uh, early two thousands. Uh, it killed almost eight hundred uh, twenty seven countries infected. Um, but the kind of the difficulty in in comping at least the impact of freight of SARS to the coronavirus is how much China's grown since then. Uh, so you know, if we, the things that are a lot of unpredicted world events, most of them are geopolitical. They actually have a, have a good impact on ocean freight. They help rates uh, for ocean shippers, uh, for ocean carriers. But this one likely won't uh, because of the, the inefficiencies that are created with, uh, with, with uh, people being afraid of the virus, or which that increases prices. Um, the drop in oil demand kind of decreases prices enough where it offsets that rates actually come down. SARS brought oil prices down 20% uh, during when it happened, although it was short-lived. This one likely will be too. Um, but 
you know, what do you guys think? Uh, we, Kevin, we did, we kind of did a little over under on how many, how many cases we thought would be here by the end of the week or by tomorrow. Kevin's a little bit, uh, I guess more, more I, bullish I, on, on I'm more. Really, I'm, I'm, not really yeah. I'm not really bullish. I, I think he, I, I he's just, a bit more worried than the rest of us. I, I, I basically, as I, a guy I like, who travels like all the time, I hope certainly. Yeah, hope no, not. right. I mean, you but, ever read World War Z? I, I have, yeah. That was it's a great book. It, it, you know, that's Mel Brooks's son. I, I right? do, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, you know, the, the way, way he lays out, out how oh, those yeah. how, how the virus can possibly yeah. spread. I mean, that's what so you there's see. personal narrative. You're seeing with of, this coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's a great it's a great book, and and how how he lays out like, oh, how this could actually spread across the world like yeah. like that. I mean, that's what we're seeing. And it's a guy who, you know, the first thing when they when the case came through of like, hey, you know, the somebody came through O'Hare. Mm-hmm. The first question I got from like five people was, hey, were you in O'Hare on this day? Because you know we're in Chicago and I'm flying. Yeah. And and luckily, luckly I wasn't certainly, but yeah. um, so they're screening passengers, I, I guess, from Asia in, in 20 airports now. I, I got that alert right before US, uh, right. JP and I sat down and, and talked about the, the research, which is available. There's an article that he wrote on FreightWaves.com, so you can go to that, go to that, see the video. Um, but the full report that they did yesterday is 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 really top top shelf, and basically passport subscribers. Uh, have access to that with, the, with their events. So FreightWaves.com slash Passports. What do you think about the crew? I mean, uh, yeah, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, these, these things um, kind of scare me more than, uh, more than maybe they should. Well, you know what? The, the scariest part to me is that you can, it can incubate in the host or whatever. For one to fourteen days before you show signs, yeah. Of symptoms, oh God, symptoms, right? And that's 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 kind of like the flu. So if if it's as deadly as as, as basically Spanish influenza, uh, we have a real problem. Barney, that's hands. a funny point you make about Spanish influenza. Though this is now so 1720, 1920, and now two thousand twenty. There has all been a massive uh, viral uh, that infection. Just blew my that mind. True, pretty crazy. Uh, that is, that you know, is insane. The, it's a bit kind of a weird, it's good and bad times for the Chinese economy, I guess. The, the good times is, is that during this time, Lunar New Year, there's already have a lot of their factories are shut down. People yeah, are traveling. True. So there's not much like production drop there. But this is also a time where Chinese people go out, they spend a lot of money on retail and on food. They eat out with their families. They travel a lot and a lot, hundreds of millions of people are being stopped from traveling. Uh, so, yeah, I think you know, some analysts and economists are saying that they could shave one point off a whole percentage point off of the, the uh, Chinese GDP this wow. year. Wow. So it, it could end big. up being a massive economic. I, I'm uh, no math uh, major, but that sounds like I, a lot. I know, right? It's a lot. You know, yeah. I studied I, Roman history in college <laughs> and then I went to law school. What do I know about math? I, I, that I seems know, right? like a lot. Yeah. I mean, at a time when Chinese economy is slowing down, we'll likely have the lowest growth in, in a couple decades this yeah. year. So it's it's this not great timing. Stuff, I, he really does. Yeah, really. He, he knows his stuff. Uh, what do you think about the freight flows from, from China and, and basically the domestic uh trucking market have, have you been hearing anything from your clients yeah no i mean it, it's sort of like too early to too early to tell probably mm-hmm. yeah you know we focus a lot domestically and so there, there's there's that lag yeah. and, and to your point chinese new year i mean things are things are slow for another couple of weeks at least uh you know, probably another month or so yeah, normally they've extended yeah. that holiday again yeah. to, to give people more time try to slow down the travel yeah, yeah so, so, so we'll see you know once they come back from uh the the, the new year we'll see kind of the, the disruptions that or are still there because Wuhan, and I, I, I don't even really know how yeah. to pronounce it. Wuhan, uh, the, the closest seaport to to that city, which is bigger than New York, yeah. is Shanghai. Yeah, 11, mil, 11 million people. It's geographically ten times the size of Dallas, so it is oh, a wow. massive city. It's, 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 it's you know they have so the many closest, mega cities. We've the the closest of, ocean port is Shanghai. Shanghai. Yeah, right. So if it spreads to Shanghai, then 
that's a real problem. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it's it's crazy to think how, you know, how how globalization has has changed. I mean, has has changed medicine oh, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, and then it's also, I mean, t- being a history kind of guy, it's kind of crazy to me to think about like the black plague, how quickly oh, no, the black right. plague split, and 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 like in a in a time when people didn't even go like twenty miles from their house that took over all Europe. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, you know, so yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope with my travels, I don't. Uh, I, I know, right? You You're know. always in airports on airplanes, yeah. so you know, yeah. keep that mask on. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> keep, yeah. keep the mask on. So maybe before, we should have been wearing masks. Yeah. I, uh, maybe we should. Uh, so before we get to long short, Ryan, tell us a little bit. I I know we, you know, we really haven't talked about carrier direct. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. In the consulting, we know you're a consultant. We know you're a lawyer. We know that you know that instead I'm a, of being a lawyer, you I, were a freight broker. Can I make a plug? Since yeah, you made yeah, oh, please. Of Cort- so co-founder of CortadoLife.com. Okay. Big Cortado guy. It's a coffee drink. So check us out at CortadoLife.com. Cortado? Yeah. So, so basically, what do you sell on, on We don't sell anything. So, you know, we travel what? all the time, right? And so yeah. we want to get good coffee wherever we go. And it's, uh-huh. it's hard to figure out when you go somewhere, like, is there going to be good coffee? Is there not? Cortado is, a, is like a drink that's not super popular. So it's a little bit tough to get. Chattanooga, great coffee town for what it's worth. Like yes. probably the best you know, probably the best coffee town that we go to, uh, uh, particularly on a regular basis. Have you checked sure. out, uh, I guess I'll plug a Chattanooga, have you checked out Velo, Velo, uh, no. it's over on the south side, right. V-E-L-O, probably my favorite coffee shop in town. I, I love Andrew, meats. my man. He so we started CortadoLife.com around Mean Mug because we got these Cortados, uh-huh. you know, uh, and, yeah, and, and so, great too. yeah, great Cortados. Uh, on the walk over here, I got Goodman's, what's on the, what's right here on market between, all right, never mind. I, uh, matter. There's so many. Yeah, so many good, so many good coffee shops, but, uh, um, so that, that I would do that with my, with my teammates cause we travel all the time. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll get a Cortado. We'll take a picture of it and we kind of post it on the website. Oh, okay. Website. Okay. Perfect. Cool. It's just, a, it's good a fun, it's a, okay. it's a fun thing. Okay. A lot Very like good. great haircut guys. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, John, my I, teammates I, 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 I great wait. haircut guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a good thing I have this beard. I don't know how anybody would be able to tell us. Oh, I know, right? I mean, I'm like, I'm, you're much thinner than I am, but that'd be about it. Um, yeah, carrier direct. We work exclusively in transportation and, you know, we're a mix of, of people like me who are deep industry experts some some traditional consultants. And then we also do technology deliveries. So we have engineers and product managers. Uh, so we, um, so we do technology delivery and traditional management consulting. Our clients range anywhere from $20 million trucking companies up through um, some of the largest in the industry, JB Hunt, FedEx, FedEx Freight, FedEx Custom Critical, GE Transportation, Covenant, Werner. Um, so we work all the way through the middle market there. Um, and we basically have three lines of business. We help people with traditional management consulting things, which is like process improvement or compensation restructures, exactly. um, greenfielding a business unit. Let's say you're a trucking company. You want to open a brokerage. We'll just brokerage in a box. Uh, technology right. strategy. What's your three to five year technology strategy? Frameworks for making buy versus build decisions. Um, and then organizational changes that go along with that. And, um, and, uh, and then we also do custom technology development. So that's strategic integration work. And then we build proprietary software for our clients. And my personal goal, kill TMS. Kill the word TMS. <laughs> Let's strip it down. Let's just get it back to get it back to its roots. Get it back to loads and yeah. execution and and know where your stuff is. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. why we're a great partner, great partners on this podcast. Yeah. You know, we have this 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 broad industry perspective of the conversations we have every day. And so, you know, yeah. to be able to contribute a little bit here and uh, you know, with the research when oh, when yeah. I'm, when when we're not in town and then certainly to, to jump on when I'm here. Yeah, it's, Happy it's to do great it. research. Yeah. You guys Thanks. provide uh, shout out to every Diane. segment. Yes, shout out to Diane. And uh, shout out to you for coming out that night and helping me talk Peter into it. I know, right? Yeah, we, we yeah, really I, I know. We, yeah, we, we had, had a to corner job. him and, and, and make him 
make them do the deal. Yeah, yeah, so it, was it was great. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And that's uh, Carrier, Carrier Direct, and it's CarrierDirect.com. CarrierDirect.com, yeah. Find them there. It's on LinkedIn. How do they get a hold of you? Me personally? Yeah, because you're all over LinkedIn. I, I assume you're all Link- over Twitter, too. Uh, you know, uh, the only thing I, I do have a Twitter, it's underscore user prime. But really, the only thing I post on Twitter, like, is just what comes over from 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 LinkedIn. Okay. LinkedIn's where you get the best Ryan Bradley Schreiber Esquire yeah, you do, yeah. content. Yeah, um, some really good stuff there. I'm very much like an art of the possible person. So if you like the art of the possible, LinkedIn's probably the best place to find me. And very good. What's uh, your email address? rschreiber at carrierdirect.com. We'll look, we'll put his we'll put his LinkedIn yeah. in yeah, the, we'll, the article we'll do, or something. We'll put that in yeah. there. Link to yeah, it. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So cool. let's uh, let's let's do the long let's short up. on I'm the way out. All right. Should be uh, good. What so do we yeah, have this week? Basic, I'm sure you, you've been a fan of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Long or short, you're either for or against an idea. The number one uh, is Amazon spins off AWS in 2020. Long or short, that idea. Start with Ryan. Start with me? Start oh, with, God. Hop yeah. In. I haven't even heard. I haven't really heard anything about this. So this is a new thing to me. I would I would be short on it only in so far as like, what's the strategic value there for, for Amazon? I mean... They essentially have it as its own standalone product because of the way that Amazon, you know, operates as a business. And so, like, where's the what's the what's the advantage there that they'll be able to bring that public and make Jeff Bezos the money back he lost in his divorce? Like, I, I don't necessarily see the strategic advantage for Amazon as a as a business to do that. I'll hold off, Kevin. I, I I think um I, I'm not long for 2020, but I I think they will eventually do it. I think it will eventually do it because the the shareholders of Amazon will have stock in that AWS. Sure. And I think it'll be a great special dividend, basically, for those holders. And I think that, I, I think, because we, we got this from the same article. I read it. Scott Galloway's, right? Latest blog post? Uh, yeah, he did his 2020 predictions. Yeah. He predicted it, that they would. Yeah. If you put the multiples on, if you put the same multiples on to their competitors, the AWS's competitors, in the public market, I, I think they are valued higher than Amazon is. Correct. If you put a Salesforce right. multiple, put a Salesforce multiple on AWS, it's now worth more than Amazon as a Salesforce, whole currently. That's right. I think that's that's the value in it. It's uh, it's it's that the fact that if it's kind of like this XBO story where we talk about why why would XBO spin off these business units? It's because they yeah. can they can have it. They can get a higher multiple on the public markets and they can get more respect from investors that they have pure play, uh, you know, pure play. Um, plays in it so yeah i do think that they spend it off especially but i think there's one factor that makes a big huge difference and it's What's that? if the democrats win the 2020 nomination then they feel the antitrust pressure to do so if trump gets reelected, i don't think they feel the pressure from antitrust they likely don't do it interesting but that's a, that's if the democrats win i'm long I, I you know the the xpo corollary i know that i'm probably you know drilling in on this too much but the xpo corollary i think the, the biggest problem i see with that you did. You guys did a great job of laying out like what they could do with that money. Amazon doesn't need that money to like reinvest. Huh, in insurance, business. pharmaceuticals. There's a lot of other uh, avenues they yeah, want to go I down. Guess that's, that's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm open to having my I think, mind. I think we're just thinking like we're thinking too small for Amazon. One day they were a bookseller. Now they're the biggest seller in the world. I yeah. think like yeah. these guys can do whatever they want. Yeah, you like, should read, figure read the out. Amazon way. Ryan Rogers gave that to me, and it, I read. Oh it. yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, so we've been uh, wrapping these up with uh, with sports uh, the last couple of weeks. So yeah. we've got one more. Uh, I don't know. You you a Bears fan? You're not from Chicago. No, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Buc- Buc- okay. Yeah, much worse. That's right. Oh, that is much worse. Bears yeah, fans I, hate themselves. <laughs> so like, actually, it's probably worse to be a Bears fan. But like, purely on the field, I mean. There was ten years there, were, or five years, where it was pretty good, and I got to go to the Super Bowl and with you know with my dad as a like eighteen year old or whatever. Oh, nice. but, That's uh, pretty awesome. That was awesome, but like outside of that, it's just been miserable. Miserable. Yeah. yeah good good mention miserable. of the Super Bowl. We are going to go long short. Andy Reid wins his first Super Bowl. Uh, Kevin, start with you. 
Has he not won one? No, I thought no. he, 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 he went with the Eagles. Two, he, he went with the Eagles, but they, they lost to the they Patriots. Lost. Yeah. Didn't he? Uh, well, he before he, that, he was with Green Bay, a, right? Yeah. Uh, nobody won it. And I don't think he, not, maybe not as a head. He's never won with head coach. He might have been the offensive coordinator with Favre one year. Maybe. But he never, definitely never won with his head coach. He's okay. one in, or now he's two and four, two so, and five in championship games. So I really like Patrick Mahomes. Oh, God. I yes. love that, that Kansas City offense. But, but I never bet against a good defense. I, I got to go with San Francisco. That's exactly where that's exactly where I'm at. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, the number one. You know, I don't know that San Francisco's number one. I'm not entirely sure. The number one defense and the number one offense. Every time they've played, number one defense always wins. They, they always. I win. mean, my gut tells me Patrick Mahomes is is like just special. Oh yeah, and and I love the guy, and like he's the he is the most fun player I think I've ever seen in any sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you gotta, I think. Um, defense always wins. Defense always wins. Kyle Shanahan, you know, the, the Kyle Shanahan will stick to the script of run the football, mm-hmm. which the Titans got away from in that game, right? And that's the biggest reason they lost. Uh, if Kansas City gets up, it's going to be hard. But Kansas City's kind of been slow starting in these playoffs. The last two games, they've been down at least ten points. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be, it'll be hard to come back against that San Francisco defense. So as m- I, I like, I want Kansas City to win, but I think I got to be short on it. I think I got to be short on it because of the defense. I'm with you on that. I'm we didn't a, talk about this in advance. Uh, no, we, we didn't. Boom, we didn't boom. I'm long because I I really like Andy Reid. I like Kyle, Kyle Shanahan too, but he's so young. He'll have he he'll, he'll go to another five Super Bowls. Andy Reid, he's getting old. I I love Mahomes. I love the offense. They're so much fun. You know, big game. Andy's finally gonna win the big game. I, I think they get I hope up. So. Yeah, I do. I, I think they win. Too. I think they win I, by three. Yeah, I I I'll probably root for Kansas City, but oh, yeah, I, for sure. You know, if I was to to lay a wager, which it's, it's one point. So sometimes I do. Better sometimes you off I take, don't. Better you off, better off taking the money line. Is Tulsa more a da- is Tulsa more a Dallas like uh, like a yeah like Dallas a, well Dallas and Kansas City. Yeah. So yeah. so basically our local markets, we always got the Dallas game and Kansas City game. Cool. So I grew up watching both. Yeah, cool. I was a Dallas fan. Um, still am a Dallas fan, even though they haven't done anything in twenty years. Yeah, I, I you know or more. Or more, really. I no. always hated Andy Reid when he was like I didn't. I actually never hated Andy Reid. I hated those Eagles teams because they they were good when, they were when so Andy Reid was yeah, there, yeah. and that was when the Bucks were good. Mm-hmm. So like I hated those Philly teams. But like, there's something about Andy Reid that's actually just kind of likable. Oh yeah, he seems like yeah. a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he seems yeah. Very And then good. Patrick Mahomes, th- that's a match made in heaven. Oh yeah. Well, so I'll agree. probably root for Kansas City. Yeah, for sure. I'm rooting but, for uh, KC. Uh, you hard, know what? You hard. always bet the defense is that Oklahoma Sooners. Sooners fan. Uh, Boomer uh, Sooner. Take the defense. Boomer Sooner. Always take the defense oh, because sure. you can have the greatest offense in the world. You're still going to lose. Defense. Still, we always lose. Defense doesn't have slumps. Have defense. defense travels. Like, I agree yeah. with you for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right. Next Very good stuff. Ryan. Yes, All right. Drama, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah thank you. Able to come come on anytime. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. And um, thanks, everyone that's, that's watching or downloads this in the future. This is Great Quarter, guys, and catch us uh, next week, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. usually. So here we go. Usually. Outro. Great timing.